Well, friends, it is encouraging, isn't it, on World Church Sunday to hear about um, the gospel going forth, um, to hear Christians, even in difficult places, going out and speaking the word of Jesus. Um, I, I think with Open Doors, I've spoken to some of these Open Doors guys, just amazing ministries happening, which is so encouraging. I remember speaking to one guy who was, he was preaching in a madrasa um, in, um, in just in, over the border in Afghanistan, close to Pakistan. And he was preaching in a madrasa to guys who had machine guns locked and loaded at him. And, uh, and I said, how do you exactly, how do you find it in you to, to speak to these guys and to preach Jesus to them, especially when they've got machine guns that they're willing to use? And he said, do you know the thing I do? is I give them a hug because they can't shoot me if I'm hugging them. <laughs> just, just great bravery. But, you know, the other thing with World Church Sunday, I wonder if another part of you thinks, do you know what? Right now, I, I just don't, I don't really have the energy to handle extra stuff going on out there. I don't really have the energy, if Mr. Preacher is gonna tell me I need to do more to get out there and take the gospel to the ends of the earth, I kinda go, ugh. Because I'm tired, I'm weary, I've got enough going on in life, and so my fear for World Church Sunday is, it's just gonna be one more burden whacked onto me, and I'm tired. I wonder if there's a little bit of that as well. And if there is that, especially with the last 18 months we've gone through, I really wouldn't be surprised at all. But do you know what? If there is a little bit of that in you, I so get that. But I wonder if that reveals something about a wrong view of God that you can that we can all easily get to, that you fear that God just wants to take from you. And so God is going to be a burden, a demand. And so you go through life being busy, and, and the, <laughs> whenever you think of Christ, there's a, here's one more thing for me to do. Uh, I just need some time off, thanks. Well, if that's at all you, and you're in danger of feeling God is a burden, Christianity is something that just is an extra weight on me, come and have a look at this passage. Come and have a look at what Jesus says. So, John 12. Open it back up if you can. John 12, verse 20. So, it's springtime in Palestine. It's Passover time, and huge crowds are coming to Jerusalem. And interestingly, along with all the Jews who you'd expect to be going up to Jerusalem for Passover, are some Greeks. And the Greeks come with a great question. It's possibly about the best, best request in the Bible, verse 21. Sir, they said to Philip, they go to one of his disciples. Philip's a Greek-sounding name, so maybe they go to the most Greek-sounding disciple who sounds safe. They've got this little question they want to ask. They say, Sir... 
we'd like to see Jesus? What a great question. I, I love that question because uh, the pulpit where I learned to preach, where I did my curacy in London, you'd step up into it and written here where only the preacher could see it was, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Great thing for the preacher to see, to go, don't know what you think you're doing here, Mr. Preacher, but we'd like to see Jesus. Isn't that a great verse for the preacher? But what does Jesus answer? So Philip goes, and they go and tell Jesus, and Jesus replies, verse 23, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, <clears throat> glory is about the, the essence, the substance of something, what it truly is. So to be glorified means to show what you really are. Uh, so if you have a, a nice coffee, the, the, the beans, the ground of the coffee, that's the glory of the coffee. That's, that's the real substance of where it's at. And so when Jesus says, the hour has come for the Son of Man, his title for himself, to be glorified, glorified means the hour has come for you to see what I'm really like, to see my essence, deep down inside me, who I really am. So they've said, sir, we'd like to see Jesus. And he's saying, do you want to see me? Do you know, the hour has come when you will see me. What's he talking about? Next verse. I tell you the truth. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So he's talking about death. His death is the hour in which he'll be glorified. And in fact, the next few verses, you probably notice this, this uh, conversation almost, this voice comes from heaven. Um, and we hear, I've glorified it, I'll glorify it again. And, and he, Jesus says in verse 33, he, he's saying all this to show the kind of death he's going to die. So all this glorification language, he's talking about his death. So Jesus is answering them saying, if you want to see me, if you want to really know who I am, look to the cross. That's where you'll see who I really am. And what do we see on the cross? This is the hour of the glorification of the one who is himself the glory of God. And in that hour, we see him laying down his life for sinners to give them life. To give to them, not to take from them. So you see, his glory, who he really is, is all about giving himself away. 
That's who he is. In fact, this language, glory, has a rich, rich story through all of Scripture. And glory, again and again through Scripture, even though the word means weight, substance, it's always associated with light shining out. So think of a, a few examples. Um, think in Ezekiel, when his glory fills the temple, and the temple, and later the land, shines with his glory. Isaiah 60, arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Or perhaps, perhaps most famously, Luke 2, those shepherds washing their flocks that night outside Jerusalem. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. That's what the glory of this God is like. Like outshining radiant light. Because his very being is like a sun of life and love. Like a nuclear reactor, just constantly giving off light, life, warmth, goodness. And you see that most clearly in the cross. If you want to know what Jesus is like, if you want to know what God is like, look to the cross. And there you see such a difference between all the empty gods of our imagination and the living God of the Bible. Throughout the Old Testament, we're told that while God is glorious, full, overflowing, the idols of the nations are empty and worthless. They're all about taking. Oh, yeah, they'll have child sacrifice. Oh, yeah, give me your sacrifices. But they don't have the capacity to give you anything back. And that's when we get bored of God. That's when we think, I'm not interested in God, because you're thinking of the idols who are empty. And so, of course, you're bored. If God is all about taking from you, demanding, give, 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 who cares? That's what an idol's like. But where the idols are empty, God is glorious and he proves it on the cross, giving away life. But as well as using this language of glory to talk about his death, which just seems very strange to us. But the cross, that bloody, painful death, is the hour of his glory. You see who he is. There's another strange, very strange phrase he uses in this passage. It's verse 32. I when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. So the, in his death, he is lifted up. 
It's an interesting phrase, lifted up, to describe his death. We know here that he has Isaiah 6 on his mind because he'll quote it. If you have a look, just see the next column on the same page. Can you see verses 40 and 41? And there's a little footnote that says John is quoting from Isaiah 6. In Isaiah 6, here's, here's the lifted up thing. Here's why Jesus is talking about lifted up and why it's interesting. Isaiah 6, do you remember what happens? Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He sees the Lord enthroned in glory, lifted up in his glory. And that phrase lifted up, when he sees the Lord enthroned in glory, is a phrase that's used again in Isaiah 52. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be lifted up and highly exalted. And then we get that beautiful passage in Isaiah 53 of the suffering servant who takes our transgressions on himself. And so we're seeing that is the time when the suffering servant is lifted up. That's when you see his glory. That is his enthronement. Yes, the cross is the throne of Christ's glory. The cross is, verse 31, where he judges the world. It looks like he's being judged as just a common criminal. This is where the judge of all the universe judges the world. That's where the power is. He's not weak. There is his throne of glory. He judges the world. He drives out the prince of this world. This is what it looks like when Christ rules. Light drives out darkness. Life is given to the dead. He gives himself away. That's what Christ is like. So friends, can I ask you this? When you think of Jesus, do you think of him sitting on a throne? Or do you think of him on the cross? Now, it's true that he died, rose, and ascended to a throne. But you don't know what he's like sitting on the throne without the cross. You just don't know what his character is. So if you just think of Jesus sitting on a throne, you'll think, well, he's a boss like everyone else. He might be nice, but he's basically there to tell me what to do. And what will happen is, if that's it, you will get bored of him. You'll get weary. You only know what his character's like if you look at the cross. You only know what the one enthroned is like if you see the hour of his glory on the cross. And there on the cross you see his character. There you see he's not about demanding from you. Asking you to 
a perfection you can't manage. He's not asking you to try harder to be more successful. What he's doing is he's dying for you because you're a failure. And he's going to give you a life you could never earn yourself. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you want to be cured of spiritual boredom and weariness, look to the cross. Because on the cross, you see, my problem isn't just that I'm not trying hard enough. My problem is so bad I can't fix it. My problem is so bad, I should be dead. And I can't help myself. And if I could help myself, there's no point Jesus dying on the cross. But on the cross, not only do I find out that news about myself, I find out, here's a God so gracious. He dies when I don't deserve it. So kind that when I'm floundering helpless in my sin, he comes to me when I've done nothing to rescue me. On the cross, you see the kindness, the self-giving, the compassion, the generosity of Jesus. And you look to him there and as Psalm 50 puts it, those who look to me become radiant. I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Friend, if that's you, and you've got a bit spiritually weary, Lift up Christ on the cross and contemplate him, and he will draw you to himself. If you've got an idol, a boring God in your head who's just demanding, who's wearisome, lift up the cross and let his glory drive away those confusions. And how is it on World Church Sunday, that we can ever go out to the ends of the earth? How can we win a world that is utterly uninterested in God, positively antagonistic towards God? How can we win them? I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. The message of the cross tells people of a God beyond their wildest dreams, a God they didn't dare expect. The message of the cross is God's magnet to draw people to himself and to life. So dear friends, for your joy, and for the lightning of our world. Lift up 
Christ crucified before your eyes and the eyes of all around you. And you will find yourself and them drawn to him. Let's pray. Oh, our Father, when we look at the cross, we see such compassion and generosity. As when we still hated you, Jesus would come and die for us. Help us, we pray, to fix our eyes upon Christ crucified, to know how desperately we need you, to know how wonderfully good you are. And so draw us to yourself and make us reflect your glory and be radiant before the world. In Jesus' sweet and strong name we pray. Amen.